Welcome to Girl Flower Podcast with Vic and Jess. We will be having conversations and inspirational chinwags with florists and growers to keep you company in your workspaces, in the car, over a cuppa or wherever you like to listen. We hope to help you along on your own floral journey. So this week we're really lucky to have Vic back. She's had, <laughs> she's had a hell of a time. How are you Vic? Oh, feeling a lot better actually. Um, ha- very happy that my little boy is running around and not in hospital. So we can get everything <laughs> crossed that he is now on the mend. Um, but I missed it. And you did such a good job um, oh, on, thank on you. the last episode. Bless you for going solo, but you did a cracking job. Well, I feel like I'm constantly moving people around with their interviews all the time. And I would only, I would never have done it if it had been me, like a one-on-one. <laughs> I did it because they, because uh, they were just wonderful. You know, the Bath they Flower really School. Thank you very much for putting up with me. It was lovely to chat. It was um, a great, a real great conversation. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it because I, I still did the edits on it, but. Um, not that it needed much editing, actually. So <laughs> it made it very easy for me. But no, it was a great, a great chat. So good job. Oh, thanks very much. Well, I'm really glad to have you back this week with me. Um, and we are going to be chatting in a moment with Liz from the Southworld Flower Company. And oh, I've been looking forward to this one. I know you have. I know you have. I so really have I. I think yeah. both of us are just in love with with all the lovely images, aren't we? We feel like we want to oh my goodness, get yeah. in, get into her Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Honestly, the thought of just having a walk around, um, not only the fields, but in that yummy shop that there is there and um, it just it just looks absolutely stunning and I can't wait to kind of dig in and find out loads more about the business yeah me too I, I am worried though with um, the longer this lockdown goes on Vic and the people that we are chatting to all of which sell like lovely things in their farm shops or their premises that when we finally get out and we go around I'm going to just I'm going to spend all my money because every t- everybody we chat to I see stuff I want to buy well, I'm going to take a credit card because, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest with you, there's not much money being made of the last year. So, yeah, it's all going to have to go on credit. But, you know, I'm going to have some lovely stuff to fill my house up with. Uh, well, with that said, um, let's get on with the interview. I guess um, back in 2012. So I suppose I'd had my three children. The youngest was um, seven. I thought, right, it's time for me to do something now. And I'd always always done gardening. I'd had my own garden as a child. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll just grow a few flowers and sell at the farm gate because we were on a farm then. And so I just started off with a little greenhouse and a like a, a plot, really, which my husband cleared for me. And then it progressed to a polytunnel and then one acre and then started growing for weddings and floristry bit sort of came on by itself and then it's just evolved over the years and then we moved to Southwold I don't know if you've heard of Southwold uh no but not only only through your company (laughs) yeah it's it's a little seaside town in Suffolk very touristy and it was my hometown so we moved back here and then we went onto a five acre plot and then built a barn on it and then it's just we had a little shop in the town centre and so it's just grown and grown, I guess. It's just, you know, we had the shop and then we shut that last March to trade from the flower farm. Ah, so that was a, a flower yeah. shop, flower and gifts and things like that, Yeah, but as you have the, now? Yeah, the shop in the high street was, I thought, oh, you needed a presence in town. You need a presence on the high street. We'll grow our flowers one mile up the road and ship them down. Um, and then when COVID hits, we thought, well, the shop was tiny and it was quite scary for my ladies to be in there, you know, in that sort of confined. So we thought, well, should we trade from the flower farm? And it just rocketed. It just went crazy because people loved coming up and seeing them come and get their flowers, but also see them all growing and the whole setup so yeah it's, it's a real uh, I was saying to Jess and um, before we came on it seems like it's quite an immersive experience that you've got yeah. going on there um you know you've got you're the beautiful flowers they can see where the stuff's grown then they can come into the barn they see it all being made up yeah um, they can buy the gifts and everything and it seems like a real a real place that you would want to come yeah it's becoming a bit of a place of a destination mm. so it's not just a flower shop now it's kind of a flower shop but 
and we supply all the normal floristry services, but it's a pick your own. And then we invented the pop-in workshops um, where people could just literally drop in for half an hour, create something and go home and not have the big expense of a big workshop that would cost you 50 pounds plus. And that people just love that. And we're organizing little children's workshops and they come and just do things. And we just seem to be, yeah, a place of interest to people now. You know, like any business, you have to diversify. And I would say the high street florist days are quite difficult. You know, mm. most things are done online now. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've just kind of evolved, I think. But when you had your sorry, when you had your shop on the the high street and you didn't yeah. have the the barn open, were you still offering pick your own up at the farm then, or is that a relatively new thing? No, I've always done even at the last farm, I'd always done pick your own. Okay, but it would be on a Saturday, so we'd pick for all the weddings, um, and then they could come in and pick what was left. Yeah. <laughs> so last year it was kind of well, we got no weddings, so we'll just give them a free for all. And they were allowed to pick off that four acre plot. Um, so, except for the roses, they weren't allowed to pick roses. <laughs> you've got to know where to cut those. Um, so, yeah, they were just told, yeah, just go out, enjoy yourself. We'll see you when you come back. And, and mm. they just thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. And it was the first time grandma would see her grandson in months, mm. you know, and they could meet outside and have a picnic. So... Mm. Yeah. Do you ever have people that you look at their bucket and you go, oh my goodness, I should have charged you double? <laughs> yeah. some, some people will pick and they're quite modest um, and they come in and we go, well, you know, you can go and pick some more. That's, oh no, we're quite happy with that. That's fine. And then you see some have cut stems about 70 cents. <laughs> and they're sort of overflowing and you think, oh, well, whatever. It's fine. It all balances out. Um, but we're not precious about it. They can cut what they like. We're not out there watching them or. That's know. so nice. Well, you wouldn't want to let Jess Jess out no. there with a pair of snips. <laughs> Jess is a greedy, a greedy flower girl. Oh, we went, we, we went, yeah. we went to a workshop that was hosted by Liz at Blue Sky. There was all this beautiful British grown. I'd taken like the tiniest little amount of Jess made this huge and always hand She was like, well, the flowers are there. I need to use them. You know, everyone else, everyone else has kind of gone little bits and bobs. And she's yeah. like armfuls, yeah. which is there's amazing. People, there's people like you at the workshops, you know, they <laughs> sit in there and they will grab all the nicest roses. Yeah. And all the uh, see, I, I just waited for everybody else to, to do yeah. their bit and then noticed that everyone wanted. had been, and everyone else had been really modest. And I, so I, I took the rest. Oh, <laughs> absolutely right. I think that's well, fine. Some people go big and wild. Exactly, you know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is it. So yeah. can I can we go back yeah. a little bit? So you so when you started um growing flowers, yeah. Um and you were just doing like but a few buckets from you know uh gate sales and things like that. How how long was it before you opened a shop on the high street? Um, right. So I, I guess the early days, yeah, I was growing flowers, for just DIY weddings. Mm. And then the floristry bit came on. I'd say, oh, my husband was going five years, was it? Yeah, five years mm. with it being DIY weddings, any jobs that came our way. And then, yeah, it was five years. Yeah. And then we when we moved to Southwold, I thought, well, OK, let's go on to the next stage and open a shop. So I can promote my flowers and mm. what we grow, we can sell from the shop, which is quite unique in itself. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was, that was okay. But I would say until we then last March moved up to the farm, that's where it all kind of clicked in. It all made sense to do everything from the farm. Mm. We didn't, we discovered we didn't need the shop. Mm. Yeah, uh, was it as beautiful as your barn, the shop? I know you said it was on a smaller scale, yeah, but was it kind of styled the same and things like it, that? It was. I mean, the actual shop was tiny indoors, but we had a little courtyard garden mm. attached. So we made that courtyard garden into a really pretty scene and we had like a, a beach hut in the back as well. But it sounds idyllic, but it was very hard to sell from because yeah. there was so much going on that a lot of people would miss things and they go oh it's a pretty garden but not actually I think there's stuff in there to buy yeah so 
we always thought, well, we need a shop, we need a high street presence, but I think this or last year it proved that we didn't. And, and did that, you take on more of a team since since yeah, yeah, we've yeah got you have now where we were um because I was trying to do weddings and run the admin side and the business mm. side and the merchandising. We used to have one lady in the shop for six days. Now we've got two people every day and some days we've got three people. And Amazing. So we've taken on quite a lot of more people yeah. as well as more people working on the farm. So because we do lots of flowers for other places, other shops and in the area, dried flowers as well as fresh. So my job, my role now is more of a PR, promotional, sort of marketing, visual merchandiser. You know, I found my own role changing. A beautiful job of visual merchandising because everything is... a window dresser. Yeah, it honestly, your your setups and stuff are an absolute dream. And we're um, constantly swooning over your Instagram. Honestly, it's absolutely gorgeous. You ask me, do you do that? I go, yes, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, photography is one of my passions anyway. You started off in photography, didn't you? Yeah, I I went to, did art design at college. Um, I wanted to do just photography, but in those days, back in the 80s, you couldn't do anything like that. It had to be like a media study course, Mm. art and design, which I did. So I had to do all the other things I didn't really want to do, just to do the photography. And then I left college and got myself a job in the printing studios and a big photographic Mm. studio and I would be the person in the back touching up photographs with paint and 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 printing I wasn't the photographer as such so I kind of feel all what I learned at art school I'm kind of doing it sort of 30 years later Mm. all has kind of worked now they're all useful skills yeah it's Mm. so to me it does come quite easily and the photography skills but I am very fussy what I put on Instagram I don't take it with my phone it's proper camera Mm. Um, your photo so the photographs on your Instagram are all your all your photographs most my photographs apart from the odd one where someone at a pick your own has Mm. taken and said to you or another a photographer friend called Anna she's taken a few for me at pick your own and I always say it's them. I never claim they're mine. But yeah, pretty much every day. Because you have created with your photographs this wonderful brand. And me and Vic wrote down a few words that we would use to describe your photos. Oh, and we would say they're we were saying they're really natural, but like yeah, but with a really luxury element. Like it looks yeah. uh, really aspirational. And there's and I reckon they're so nostalgic and romantic without being old fashioned, but they take yeah. you back in time. Like I just want to be on your plot and in your in yeah. your yeah. in your shop mate wearing some smocked dress and straw hat and <laughs> just <laughs> create an image. Yeah, you've really yeah. created a feeling with your photographs. It's not just a pretty image. They are they're emotive, really yeah. emotive. That's what people have said they've got kind of a vintage feel to them mm. with, with the colourings. I don't really use filters at all. It's just all done with editing and I just warm my photos up. So it's not really technical. But um, yeah, I kind of, I think you just find your own way, don't you, with mm. photographs. I've never tried to copy somebody else's style. There's, there's a lot of pictures where people have just copied somebody else's. But mm. I think you just just find your own way of photographing and the images. And if you yeah. look at it and you go, no, don't use it. You know, you have to have the right one but Roger my husband is a long suffering <laughs> <laughs> he's the one often holding the flowers because uh, he takes a picture so oh, for goodness sake you framed that all wrong you know <laughs> so he has to hold them and I'll take about 20 and then I'll pick one so yeah love it what that. do you shoot on um I've got a Nikon I think I don't know what even number it is yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a Nikon that I can't use. Yeah, I don't I I can't use mine. I can only use mine on auto. I'm gonna have to come over to you for some photography yeah, advice. I, I don't know where it's gone now. It's usually in my basket, but yeah, it's just a really basic Nikon. It's not flashy. I don't know how to use it really. I just do, go on auto. <laughs> That's hang on a second. 
right I, I do also go on auto but I also go on as if I'm taking in in a sunset okay uh, I, was gonna, I can't believe you can get those sort of photos on auto yeah I'm yeah no I get well I also go on sunset which is sunset like, yeah you know you could put it on a program can't you well apparently so you tell yeah. me right this second <laughs> sometimes if it's a really too much light comes in I put it on sunset and that warms it up right and it softens everything uh, and then I just do a little bit of editing on my phone on your phone Instagram. my yeah. goodness so that's it there that's I'm holding up my camera here yeah but, yeah this is little... really really great for audio Jess is so there's, asking a, her... <laughs> there's a little square there that's like a person with a light behind them and I'm assuming that's sunset mode yeah, could be. Mine comes up on the... Yours is a Canon, though, Jess. Oh, OK. Well, something like that. There'll be a sunset mode on it. I'm going to be yeah, trying I, with my I, camera I, now. I have my camera. i have a look to see how I've done it. I <laughs> can, I, can I ask a question? While we're, while we're talking... Right, I, and this is... I'm literally going to be like, right, how do I take these photos? So if, you're, <laughs> if you're working on auto... Yeah. I've my Mine works on auto, and then all of a sudden the flash comes on. Can you turn the flash off? Uh, mine does do that, and I just had to put my finger on the top and hold it down. Ah... Uh, <laughs> Well, there you go. Now I'm going to be taking all sorts of fabulous photos with my auto on my Nikon. Thank you very much. Also, I did go on like a little course with, you must know Bridget from Moss and Stone. Oh, we do. We love Bridget. And Helen Warner. And I went on her little day course two years ago to learn. They were doing a photography course, how to Mm. photograph flowers. And um, actually, Helen was really used. She had some very useful tips. Even though I was already taking mm. quite good ones, it's always important that you you got to keep learning. Never well. stop learning. That you'll always yeah. learn something yeah. new from different people. So yeah. Brid- yeah. Bridget from Moss and Stone, she's not too far from you. If I've got she's my geography right, far. we've we've got a big workshop coming up in July. She's I was we were going to talk talk about that. You've got the masterclass yeah. that it looks amazing. So we oh. can probably we can create something really big. They're going to make a hand tide. Um, and then do a big installation around the door for for anybody, you know, aspiring florists or someone who just loves flowers. Mm. And obviously it's all phone free and it's just given them the confidence to make something big mm. and have a lovely day. And Helen will take pictures with them with their hand tied. And, and we're sort of almost fully booked for that now. So Amazing. it's really great news. Um, it was supposed to be last year, but covid we had to cancel it and all the lovely people who joined on it said no no we want to come we'll do it next year so they didn't sort of cancel have you noticed in recent years like a bigger uptake in workshops they said because yeah because to me they seem to be something that everybody wants to learn a new skill whether it's florists wanting to um just work on something big with somebody else and just get get new ideas yeah. to people to people just wanting to learn how to you know hand tie their their own thing i think the um it's almost like um it's almost like doing something hands-on and creative that seems to be very is fashionable the word or just people yeah, just, I think yeah. Are very fashionable at the moment everyone loves anything floral don't they mm. so i think yeah, personally, the workshops terrify me. I'm not really a good teacher. I will just oh. do it and then forget that I'm supposed to show someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a lovely lady who's very good at it and she comes in. But, um, yeah, people people love to come and have an experience. Yeah. They want to come and they want to go out into the field and pick their own, which not all workshop people can do. Um, and... Generally, yeah, I think it's more of an experiencing. I mean, the most popular ones are just the simple hand tied. You don't have to get too complicated with workshops. Mm. But I think we're finding more and more hen parties. Mm. Young women want to do it with their friends and, and do it as a hen do, you know. So they are evolving yet again. But there's also a lot of people that want to learn and can't afford it, which is why we came up with the popping sort of mini workshops I think that's such a great idea Mm. we were we had people coming in until the covid lockdown hit again in November we were having people all the time and they just came and sat at a table with their mates had a cup of coffee from our machine and they just wanted to be creative without spending a huge amount of money 
So what's your price point on something like that? I guess we we did little dried flower cloches mm. and they were paying either £15 or £20. Amazing. Uh, so, afford- yeah, so affordable. So affordable. Yeah. It's just and a lovely got, day. It is. And because we'd got so much, we'd grown so many dried flowers, mm. you know, we'd got all the material there. Um, but yeah, it's about making it affordable. So I'm always trying to come up with ideas that mm. it's not expensive for us and it's not expensive for the customer. Yeah. Um, we're coming up with little terrarium ideas for children we're with air plants. So there's no planting as such, but they can create their own little world. Um, but that has to be affordable as well, because mm. if you've got two children, you know, it's got to be reasonable, hasn't it? Yeah. As well with those smaller, smaller um, workshops and things, it's about getting people in also. And you can, yeah. you and get a, people through the doors. Point of view, it, it's good. Yeah. They then obviously... Yeah pick your own they do then go and spend yeah. in the shop absolutely because yeah. you've got you've got so you've got quite a bit of merchandise in your shop haven't you yeah that's just um, abandoned I'm just going a bit crazy at the moment it's, like, <laughs> it's amazing I literally <laughs> but I'm like when you post something <laughs> on Instagram I'm like oh what's that and I'm kind of zooming in to see what you've got um yeah I love yeah. I love the stuff that you pick where well, do you where- promote I try to promote Suffolk people as well right. handles um and I found a wonderful soap company Chalk Valley. I try to find people that are got their own little businesses set mm. up. They're not big sort of thing. Um, and there's a lovely Helga from Chalk Valley Soap. She started her business during the COVID last month. Wow. You need to have a look and find her because she her business has just grown and grown, just making soaps and seeing you know bath salts. So I try to find little unique products that you just can't get anywhere else really um yeah. and try to make it floral botanical links somehow mm. um so yeah the the product side yeah I'm just going a bit crazy but I now want to expand it onto the gardening side of things lovely so it's like little be, yeah I don't want to be like wide veil or anything mm. like that or not cuts so I suppose yeah I want to venture into more container planting for your patio tabletop and come nice. up with unique little ideas for that and maybe like artisan you know yeah. watering cans or whatever yeah something that's I, I, nice we kind of realize that we're neglecting the people who actually like gardening as well and they're interested in flowers and plants but not necessarily in the sort of floral um floristry side so we're trying to expand on that side now so goodness you're going to need a bigger barn yeah <laughs> I'm hoping to, my husband's got quite a big workshop at his end so we might be encroaching on that <laughs> well I see you side eyeing him there I'm sure his face is not very happy about that last yeah, statement we, we have suggested a few times that, oh well, you've got a big area at the back he's quite adamant that's his man space <laughs> So let me let me actually ask you about Roger because he is from um the he's from an agricultural yeah. background. So he has all the the know-how of growing and then you have all the design and the visual have, side yeah. of it. I, I have all the design and the ideas and he he's the practical technical one. So when we did weddings, if I said I needed an arch or a mandap, he would go and build it. Oh. I think there's a lot of flower farmers like me that have got farmer husbands. And I think you work as a bit of a team. You, you do need that support. So, yeah, we, he'd be the one that we would give the project to and then he'd go and do it. <laughs> so, was, was, um, so moving into flower farming in the first place, yeah. do you think that was kind of, um, because you had Roger and his knowledge, do you think that helped influence your decision to do that? Or were you really desperate to grow regardless? Um, I think it was just, no, I think I was probably going to do that regardless. Okay. I mean, him and I had started up a free range egg business, but I kind of felt I, was, I wasn't in complete control of that. So, you know, the men wouldn't listen to me and all that sort of things. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to go and do my own thing. So I think I would have done that anyway, but I think I wouldn't be able to have done it without him either mm. you know, for that support and that, not just on the physical side of it, but everything else, I think. I love that. 
<laughs> I think and you're very lucky that he has all that technical growing knowledge you know so he, yeah. he obviously knows about the the soil and about conditions which yeah. basically leaves you to be able to go oh I like those pretty pink larks but oh, yeah, <laughs> make, yeah. it, make it happen where shall I put them <laughs> That's it. I had this amazing idea yesterday I was going to do this big meadow um, for children to go and pick their own in and it was just be there the mini field well of course you know I came up <laughs> with the idea and then Roger just going it's just not going to work it's just going to be full of weeds you need to do it in proper rows you can't scatter it and it and I was adamant and said no nope, I'm going to do it my way and he was right and it all did oh. <laughs> then we had to employ some young teenagers to come in every week oh. pull all the weeds out <laughs> so it, it was a lovely dream and we did mow paths through it and the kids loved it but yeah he was kind of right on that it wasn't going to work it was, damn it was <laughs> so, yeah so we had to do it more we will have to do it on a more farming factor won't we this time rather than a pretty meadow that I had in my head <laughs> you could so, do it like um you could do it like a, a maze, although, you know, like if you mow the maze in, yes, although, yes. although your beds will have to be planted. I, I don't think Roger's going to be be very happy with you, Jess, suggesting no, no. that oh, it's yeah. going to stop mowing a maze. <laughs> already going off now. Yeah, he's like, literally <laughs> walked out. Yeah. I was just imagining walking through a maze and being able to pick all your little flowers along the way. I know, I know. I had all that in my head and yeah. a nice little seat at the end and... It just came up with fat hen, which is just oh. weed that. But anyway, it it kind of worked, and the kids didn't notice the weeds. So, oh, I love that. Uh, can we can we speak a little bit about your the wedding side of your business? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and how you developed your client base, and how mm. your weddings, you know, have have grown and progressed over the years, and, and kind of what you offer now. Yeah, sure. Well, the weddings always started off as kind of like a part DIY and a part. Um, so I suppose I've, the big, big weddings where you do massive installations are not my thing. I have done them, but they just stress me out mm. and it's very hard work. So I decided to more aim myself towards the very relaxed bride who wanted to decorate their barn or their back garden but didn't want to tackle the, the buttonholes and the um, bouquets. So I used to call it the three Bs, which is bouquets, buckets, and you know buttonholes. So I guess that's mainly what I've been doing since 2013. Yeah. And then along the way, done some really big ones and decided, no. That's, Not for you. There's plenty of late flower wedding florists out there that do a really good job at that. And it just wasn't for me. So my website now will just mainly aim towards um, the three Bs, which we can take on three or four of those a week. Mm. And they're not stressful and they do attract that very relaxed bride, easygoing. They just want a nice intimate family wedding. And, you know, I've had some lovely brides, but we are, I am, someone is coming on the team that is next year will take on the big bespoke because you can't you can't run a flower business and then not do those really um and she will concentrate on just the big stuff and be involved with the brides and the emails because it's a full-time job wedding floristry you know you're you're emailing on mondays and tuesdays you're ordering you're conditioning the flowers it's a whole week Thing. and when you when I've got so many other things going on and I want a bit of a life as well mm. it's just too much it's too much so I was going to say you do have a lot there is there is a lot to your business isn't there yeah. there's so many different facets to it yeah we're not just a high street florist no we've got many entities um but I want the whole I want the place to be a really creative space that people can come relax if they just want to pick flowers do a pop in or have a browse or just want to order flowers I kind of want children involved and and just make it a really lovely inspirational creative space you know where people can come and enjoy yeah many aspects of it rather than just come in and order a bouquet for a friend 
member yeah. or, you know. I mean, I definitely think that with, with this, um, with the lockdown and how it's been for the last year, um, has seen a massive change in the way we buy and who we buy from and yeah, that we, we want to feel a, a bigger sense of community and we want to shop local and, you know, where where we used to have those high streets full of the local shops and everyone knew your name, you're going to buy your meat or you're yeah. going to buy your bread and yeah. things like that. I do see that there is there is definitely a move to more of these community hubs yeah. and and like you say like destinations yeah, and I think so. you know I think you're doing an absolutely beautiful job of of crying you know creating that community hub so, yeah, I, I think so. you know yeah. when we are you know promoting other you know I do try and exactly. buy British flowers when mm. they're not obviously winter months they're not mine so I do try and order in from other British growers and all that you know like I said before the products in the shop are mainly local mm. you know, chocolate we've got a local chocolate factory here oh my god <laughs> I know that's perfect <laughs> they're, not, they're still they're not in the shop yet they will be next week and they're a local you know chocolate making establishment not far from here so and I think you're right a lot of we found last year a lot of people were finding the smaller shops and using the farm shops more because they didn't mm. want to go into the supermarkets. And I think they discovered that, oh, yeah, they're really, these little shops are quite good. These independent yeah. sort of, you know, didn't notice that they were there before. And we found a lot of that in the last year, people using us more. Yeah. Um, and we are in a very much seaside town, which is packed in the summer. And we just, for us, there was discovery that the local people didn't come into town because it was too busy. Too busy, yeah. And when we moved up to the farm, they said, oh, we'll, we'll come and use you now because we can park. We were Brilliant. never used to go into town. So we found on a business front, it was better for us being out of the town, which is a really odd concept, isn't it? But yeah. It is, but it's actually so, so true. Just using, um, buying school shoes last week as as, as an example <laughs> like it was there was two options it was either do we go into the town where there's loads of uh, shoe shops or do we just go to that like this is not fine oh, local or British but do yeah. we just go out of town park walk in get some and go out yeah. and you know that's for that's for stuff that isn't British made but you're right if you can just go quickly and cycle up yeah. or park or go in your car and park that is a much better way of shopping yeah and, I, and we saw all these local people that we'd never seen before because they said we just won't we won't go into Southwood it's awful it's just too busy you can't park and 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 so we found all these new customers you know awesome. they'll keep coming to use us now um so that was something that we hadn't thought about so I would say Covid did us a massive favour and I know it's, it's worked out for everyone. I know it's mm, sad cases, but, but it's so nice to hear an outcome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so nice to hear that there's been there has been loads of positive stories um, yeah. because of the lockdown. I mean, I know it's been a horrible time, mm. um, but it's it's lovely to see that your business is thriving. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, regardless of COVID. Yeah, it is, and 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 we've got a regular base now. We've got a regular customer base. Uh, may I just ask you about your about your farm? So your farm, you now have four acres of growing land. Five acres. Five yeah. acres of growing land. You have a barn that hosts your workshops and your yeah. shop and everything. And your your house is on the site as well. No, no, the house oh, is okay. just down the road. Okay. Um, because where we were trading from before, yeah, it was a farm. So the house was on the farm. And so when we moved, we had, I actually wanted to live back in my hometown, but we had to sort of find some land just out, which is literally a bike ride away. But actually I prefer that because where I used to be, people would stop by because they know you live there. Mm. In on a Sunday morning, go, oh, I just wonder if you've got any flowers. So, um, so yeah, we're just down the road, but I quite like that. It keeps business separate from family life. Well, that was going to be my question is how do you get away and shut off? But obviously not living on site is the answer. Not living on site. That, that, that works. And the barn is is brand new. It's not an attractive barn. It's just a metal. God, it looks attractive from the inside. It really does. I think people don't realise when they go through the door. It's like, oh, my God. Oh. And because we also, I don't want to overdevelop the site. I don't, I don't, 
um, over landscape it. It is what it is. It's a flower farm. Mm. So I'm, I don't want to sort of make it into a theme park or no. kids climbing frames on. It just, it's a very basic plot. It's a barn and there's flowers around and that's it. And a car park. Sounds amazing. Could I ask your advice um, to, for people who want to uh, kind of curate some local products for their shops and ask your advice how you found, you know, how you sourced your local products and how it works in terms of um, whether you buy it as a wholesale or if you buy it as a sale and return. It's just there's a lot of people who, who will want to, you know, I know there are people doing it now, but people who might want a little bit of advice instead of going to say like a Dutch wholesaler or things like that, how, how you would go about that? Um, I think and most of them is because I've known they've already existed. Yeah. Because it Suffolk's quite a small place. Um, but a lot of it, I would say is Instagram, you know, you, you see a product that somebody else is selling and then you think, Oh, that looks really nice. That would work in my shop. And then I just contact those people say do you do wholesale is that what you mean or am I exactly exactly yeah I just wondered yeah I just wondered you know because obviously if people haven't kind of approached local like artisan makers or anything before I just wondered the process yeah Yeah, Yeah. I I, I seek them out I either I either just come across them on social media myself or if if it's a if, if it's a local business that I've known of anyway that's not a problem but like I was talking about Helga from Chalk Valley, mm. I saw her products on someone else's Instagram page and thought, oh, they're just gorgeous. And these people were way down south. So I knew I wasn't going to encroach on their area and just contacted her and said, do you do wholesale? And it went from there. And, and um, yeah, I think it's just Instagram. Yeah, that's such a good tool, actually. And um, I bet there's lots of people with with retail shops that kind of, as Vic says, you go to your Dutch wholesale and you buy your candles and your, and your gifts and everything. But you yeah. might sit there on Instagram at night going, oh, look at what so-and-so's yeah. doing. Mm. So yeah. just, just phone them. Oh, you know, yeah. where do you get that from? Just get are, in touch. You know, other florists will say, well, where did you get those pots? Well, where did you get them? And, and everybody shares everything. Mm. I mean, obviously, if it was in the same town or village, you'd possibly be a bit cagey, but... Definitely. Um, yeah, people get in contact with me all the time. Say, where do you get your lovely candles? Or we're all happy to share. Mm. And actually, the Dutch flower wholesalers do have a massive sundry department, and you can get a lot of lovely things from from there, and they'll be delivered with your flowers. Mm. So that makes things simpler. Yeah, um, not 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 as special though. And have you ever bought anything thinking, oh, I love that. That's going to sell really yeah. well. And you put it in the <laughs> shop, and everyone else is going. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. is it me I just thought that was really nice and then because yeah. what I find is if it's like a pot or if it's something I can see what you can do with it but yeah. what I've learned is that other people can't so I might put it in the shop and no one ever buys it and then I think well okay let's plant up this plant in it let's do this so I keep saying to the ladies, we've got to give them the visuals mm. because not everyone's got imagination and they're not creative. So, yeah, if something's not selling, we'll tweak it up, add a plant, put it in a hamper or do something. And then people go, oh, that's fantastic. That's great. But, yeah, I've bought stuff that I can see, but other people haven't. <laughs> you have to just <laughs> adapt it. You do, I think there's there's two types of brains, isn't there? And there's a visual yeah. brain and a non-visual. And if you have a visual brain, you can't understand why people can't yeah. see how lovely things are going to look. But if you if you don't, the mind doesn't work that way. You just cannot see it. And you're right. You no. kind of almost have to show people exactly you, what to you know, do. I learned that quite quickly opening the shop when I opened the shop in Southport. I'd had no experience of retail whatsoever. Um, I mean, it's like those little urns I put on Instagram a couple of days ago. With the Love them. Well, yeah. I've had them for a while. They've sat on them. Nobody's really taken any interest. As soon as you put flowers in them, make them look attractive. Mm. Um, I had a huge response by email. People wanting to order and we've been sending them out. So Love that. It's just, it's giving that people that visual idea of this is what you can do with it. And then yeah. they get it. Well, that's a good piece of advice. Like I've got loads of stuff that I bought over lockdown thinking that's going to shift yeah. on my <laughs> shop. And uh, then I'm like, 
exactly the same as you like oh okay so yeah. i'm just gonna plant them up yeah and you feel yeah. demoralized you think well is it me that's got crap taste yeah <laughs> very true <laughs> and then you just have to rethink how you can promote it and yeah you, and then suddenly you, you don't have enough of it everyone wants it You never know where it starts from. I mean, I started off just purely flower farming and selling at the farm gate. And then the forestry bit came on naturally. It just seemed a natural progression. And then, and now, like I said, I just seem like I'm a visual merchandiser and, you know, promotion and marketing. And But I still love what I do. I still yeah. am passionate about it. But my role keeps changing all the time, you know. Mm. And I go in the barn and I say to the ladies, can I make a bouquet? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I get all excited when I get something floral I can make, which is why I do my sideboards because you know, you've seen the pictures of my sideboards with Anna takes mm. because that's my time to just divulge what I started off doing and mm. have a bit of time to myself and just have a play and keep in touch with that. Mm. You know, I don't know what I'm ever going to do, it's what I've got, what's left, but. That's really important for me to just keep touch base with. Well, mm. actually, I'm, I was I started off flower farming and then got into the floristry, and now my role is seems to be ever changing again. Yeah, you'll um, end up booking in on your own workshops. Just yeah, to- <laughs> I just, I'm gonna book into someone yeah. Bridget again and have another tutorial on how to make a hand tie. <laughs> yeah, they they do laugh at me, and and I've got such a lovely team of ladies as well. We all we're all completely bonkers you know we all have a laugh and it's been strange having the barn open to the public because they come in and we're like well hang on (laughs) shop because we've been so used to singing and dancing and mucking about and joking and whatever so yeah it's nice it's nice for people to come into the shop but to see us all working behind this big table as well it's a productive creative productive space that's what I like to think of it really yeah so every everything happens in that barn in that one barn in that room so you've got the shop you've got our half of it's our studio um and then we've got the big popping workshop table so you might have people when that starts up again we've got the little workshop table you've got an outside area which people can sit out there and do a pop-up as well so yeah we've got everything in in one space and then in the summer, the field was just filled with people walking around, cutting and kids running around. So it just it's a really so lovely place to be in, I have to say. Yeah. You know, it's it's a we're looking forward to the pick your own starting up and getting everybody. You know, we have people come in the shop, but it's lovely when you've got that and the field is yeah. got people roaming around and dogs and things. Oh, what what month? Lovely. Yeah. What month do you expect to be starting the pick your own then? Um, probably June, mid to end June, when it's in full bloom, and then you don't have to get a little bit twitchy about, oh, is there enough? And I can't cope with that stress. I yeah. like to know that people just turn up and there's enough there for them, which there is, because we just we just plant so much. We do a lot of direct sowing because it's sandy soil because we're on the coast. Mm. Um, so it's all perennials. And the rest is direct. So although we've got a grower this year who's growing some extra flowers for us that you can't direct. So so we should pretty much have the whole five acre full this year. Oh. The first time we've, we've been like two and then three acres. Last year, I'd say it was four acres because we're hoping that a lot of the field we're just going to put down to sunflowers and have a big sunflower area because mm. there again, it, it's a really good photo opportunity yeah I mean that's really important I didn't realize last year when I opened the pick your own I thought oh, we might get a few takers but I didn't expect it to be become the bloggers would come in and the mums they take pictures and they share with their friends or oh, we must go and I've had so many people professional photographers come in and using it as a place and that's been a great way of sharing and free oh god yeah it really yeah it's like an instagrammer's dream isn't it and also for like fashion yeah. photography or things like that or yeah, we've had all that fashion yeah. we've had fashion shops and children's shops and uh someone we had someone last year proposed to their yeah. fiance on the farm which is really sweet that's lovely um 
you know, we said, yeah, sure, no problem. We're all watching. That was quite. <laughs> <laughs> we were all sort of hiding behind somewhere. <laughs> pop the question. Um, so, yeah, I didn't realise that was another thing that was new, how the photography side of it, people coming in, taking pictures and how that is shared then around mm. a new whole Instagram family. Um, so we are going to develop a sunflower area because we thought that's lovely. Another photo opportunity. There, there was a lot around my area, a lot of lavender, um, yeah. lavender fields as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of that so sunflowers lavender but it was just we couldn't go anywhere could we as well so everyone was just outside looking for somewhere beautiful that wasn't mm -hmm. the bloody woods again I know. <laughs> people, want, people want something to do don't they yeah we live in a tourist area which, mm. which helps and the type of area that we in is quite an affluent area mm. which also helps so yeah we're quite lucky on that aspect you know we're at the right sort of coastal area um, so we get a lot of lots of visitors and even you know the second we've got loads of second homeowners and they come and visit us every time they're here which is great oh, that's nice um, and we sell flowers still in town and so the day trippers will buy our flowers see our cards or we'll pop up and see them lovely so, yeah but, you know people people know we're there it gets around quite quick eventually so where I thought it's a big risk moving out of town. I, I think it's done us the world of good. I think it's better. Because we've you, a destination than a, just yeah. a normal high street shop. I yeah. Think. You have created, you know, which are a lot of hard work, an amazing yeah. business. It's just got all the lovely aspects to it. So what's your, the, through everything, through your whole business, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? Has there been a massive uh high or a or a big failure that you've you've learned from yeah i've kind of learned not to not not to worry when things don't work out i think when i was growing i, I was always worrying i got to keep on top of it got to keep it tidy and keep the place looking presentable for like brides coming and especially when we opened up last year and I used to apologise to people, go, oh, I'm so sorry about the weeds and stuff like that. And they just go, well, what weeds? We can't mm. see weeds, we just see flowers. So I think I've learned to relax about, stop worrying about the real things that are not important. Just, just let, it, let the place be what it is. It is messy sometimes. It does have lots of weeds and holes where the dogs have dug up. But um, yeah, just try not worry about so many little things that are not worth worrying about but mistake wise I'm not I think I'm just accepting it as I don't want to think too hard about where it's going next or where it's progressing I'm just going to let it take its natural cause because I was always stressing about well you know what the five-year business plan and all that sort of thing that just goes out the window you know don't don't put upon yourself with with worrying about, right, what have I got to do next? You know, just let it happen naturally and let it evolve. I really enjoyed that conversation, Vic. Me too. It's good to be back. It's good to be back with you doing it and because you ask all the sensible questions. I but, don't ask um, all the sensible questions. Also, I think Liz is just brilliant. I can't believe she's got so much going on so many facets to the business i love it and i can't actually can't wait to go and visit i think we yeah oh. we need to start putting together a uk map of where we need to go oh <laughs> seeing if it's possible yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely no but that was that was a lovely chat um and it's so interesting to find out about um the business and oh yeah all of the different facets of what goes on there yeah absolutely and as we were we were discussing personally about what the actual barn looks like because it was so lovely on the inside so it's amazing to find out it was just a metal barn because that gives me hope that i can one day create something equally as beautiful oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely but um yeah so that was that was wonderful thanks so much to liz um and roger in the background yeah <laughs> Um, he's going to be fuming with you with all your crazy ideas about the uh, wildflower meadow maze. Well, I take it all back. I yeah. think that was just a ridiculous, <laughs> a ridiculous idea. 
I keep on thinking about if um, if I mentioned that to my husband that he needed to mow a meadow maze <laughs> and you know and keep that maze short as well. I think yeah. uh, I think he would just walk away as well. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, so that's it for another week. Um, basically, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed, but um, Jess has started to put out a little mini blog um, on two people on our mailing list. So they get a little sneaky peek of who's coming up before we do the announcement on a Thursday. So if you do want to join our mailing list, then how can how can people get in touch? Um, you basically go onto our Facebook uh, Girl Flower community page and answer the questions um, and then uh, leave your email address if you want to be added. And I'll add you to the Facebook group and I'll add you to the mail out as well. We are going to be um, beginning to organise some workshops as well, Jess, um, coming up. Um, so, girl, we are. podcast workshops. So, yeah, if you're interested in hearing about those as well, then make sure you get yourself on that mailing list and be the first to be updated on it. Yes, because those workshops will be hosted by an array of wonderful florists and growers. So they'll be something that you'll all be interested in. Um, yeah, so so just keep keep up to date with everything by joining our mailing list. I'll keep you updated. I promise I won't spam you with loads of emails. It literally is a weekly one. Yeah, no, I think that's nice to keep everyone updated. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast and you love this episode or any of our other episodes then we would be so grateful for your reviews on apple podcasts um only if they're glowing reviews though please no horrible <laughs> no horrible two-star reviews or anything like that um but we so appreciate it and we love to read the comments um and maybe like over the next couple of weeks we should share some of those um on our instagram and stuff because it's that there's just some lovely lovely feedback that we're getting jess yeah, I know. And it really warms my heart as well. And um, also, I was going to say, we're nearing the end of this series. Um, and then we'll just be taking a short break over the summer so we can actually all get some weddings done. Um, I think this one is actually our 10th episode, Vic. But because we've been a bit um, flighty with our episodes and also because we've had so many wonderful people say yes to the podcast, I think we're going to do two more episodes of this series and then we'll be taking a break. So, um, yeah. Keep, I'll keep you posted on that as well yeah lovely well thanks so much for listening everyone and we will see you again next week bye